Hey everyone, I'm Phil Albertelli, and this is The Week in Doubt, episode 299. And uh, no bumper music this week because I'm using a screen capture tool as opposed to GarageBand. So yeah, 299, which means, obviously, one episode, check out my math skills, one episode away from the big 300. So next week, I think I'm actually going to be playing the inaugural episode, the very first episode of the show, and just uh, giving my reaction to it. And, you know, trying to gauge how much I've grown or haven't, you know, since launching the podcast. And I'm in a bit of a strange mood today. I had kind of a, uh, well, falling out makes it sound like maybe it was two-sided. But things aren't going so well between a good friend and myself. Uh, they're not terribly pleased with me at the moment. I think it has to do with them being embarrassed by my drunken behavior at a recent Labor Day party. Uh, let's see. I think I ha it's one of these like all night parties, and it's funny. If I stay home by myself on the weekend, I might have one or two mixed drinks, and I'll slowly sip at it over the course of the evening. But I don't know if it's social anxiety or what it is, uh, but when I go to a party, I will tend to use alcohol as like a social lubricant in a way of making myself feel kind of uh, less self-conscious, etc. And let's see, uh, this time I had a six-pack of Hoe Garden, uh, then maybe two or three uh, summer ales or something like that. Uh, about four or five jello shots, and I mixed a um, a nip of fireball with uh, some Pepsi, I think. <laughs> and actually, right now, I'm drinking Jägermeister with Pepsi, and this one drink will probably last me all night. And yeah, I did kind of act like a drunken ass, given that our whole group is kind of wild and dysfunctional. I would hope that maybe that might earn me you know, some mercy, but I don't know. Right now, they're not too happy with me. Uh, no, I didn't, um, I didn't, uh, kill anyone. There weren't any hashtag Me Too mo uh, movement moments that I'm aware of. Um, I may have started to kind of put on a kind of burlesque show. I may have been a bit of an exhibitionist, but, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go into the whole story, but they're not too pleased with me right now, and their friendship actually means a lot to me, so I might be in kind of a weird headspace as I do this episode. So I, I know I said um, that I had like three or four different episodes in the works. Uh, none of those are done. And I know people like it when I cover news stories here and there, so I thought that's what I'd do. So I just have a screen capture tool running. First, I checked out Right Wing Watch because, you know, usually they have some great religious stories having to do with uh, evangelical pastors saying absolutely asinine and outrageous things or, you know, whatever. Uh, but for some reason, Right Wing Watch looked kind of, uh, kind of quiet, kind of boring on that front right now. Raw story didn't seem to have much to offer, so I'm at the friendly atheist. Uh, usually can't go wrong with uh, 
the friendly atheist. So let's see what stories there are to choose from. And down here, I don't know if this is clickbait or if this is really just, you know, a little fun fact thing Patheos has going on, going on here. But has a picture of a uh, skull and it says, The Sedlec Ossuary, or the Church of Bones, is a Roman Catholic chapel in the Czech Republic that is decorated with 40,000 to 70,000 Real human skeletons. And uh, I don't know if I already said it, but, you know, it's captioned, did you know? And actually, yes, I did know that. And I've long had a kind of morbid fascination with that chapel. My voice is very dry for some reason, so... Swigging away on some iced tea. As well as the, uh, Jaeger and Pepsi. So, let's check out these stories. Here's one here. I'm not gay no more. Well, we know we can't say much about his grammatical skills right off the bat. Man says only women give him erections these days. So obviously a gay guy in denial. Uh, I'm not even sure if this merits reading. Jim Baker. Prophets tell me a crisis is imminent. So buy a bucket of food. And of course there's, you know, picture of Jim and his newest wife, and uh, one of his so-called baker buckets. Back again here through the magic of editing, and true to my word, that Jaeger and Pepsi was the only drink I had last night, and uh, I only made it about uh, halfway through it, actually. But here's one of my overly neurotic corrections or clarifications. I said so-called baker buckets. I don't know if they're technically referred to as baker buckets. Maybe I just like the sound of that alliteration. But um, here's actually the official page for the Jim Baker show. It shows the different products. Oh boy, look, a Fiesta Pail. Only $80. <laughs> 30-day 30, 30 Fiesta Bucket. $80. Gluten-free black bean burger bucket. $80. Hey, what a bargain. It, it used to be 150 Banquet in a bucket. $165. $165 for a bucket full of processed slop. Italian variety bucket. Oh my god. And they're showing pizza on the... Oh, it gets worse. Below there's an actual pizza bucket. Hundred dollars for <laughs> come on brown rice bucket. Now a bucket of rice actually sounds like something like a dry good you could put away and um, have last you a long time. It'd be kind of nasty if it was already cooked. <laughs> um, cheesy broccoli and rice bucket. Out of anything I've seen here, the only thing that I think might actually be a reasonable buy would be a big bucket of uncooked rice. Not because I think the apocalypse is coming, but because it's one of those things you could, you know, put away in your pantry or whatever. I don't know if a bucket of, even then, I don't know if a bucket of dry rice is worth $60. Holy crap. But anyway, back to our regularly scheduled programming. And I think I talked about how the drunken peasants actually ordered one of the one of these so-called baker buckets before, and uh, months and months went by. I think a year went by. Never got uh, their bucket of slop. They were gonna use it as kind of this challenge, I think, to see if any of them could actually endure trying to 
consume the stuff that he loosely calls quote unquote food. Uh, he gives you like a big Home Depot bucket full of like uh, processed mac and cheese or something like that. That's supposed to last you through, you know, the the uh, imminent uh, apocalypse or whatever. And I, I wonder if the thing with the drunken peasants was a fluke. Uh, this guy has con man written all over him, so I wonder how many other people out there never got their buckets, which uh, may be a, uh, a mixed blessing. Then we have uh, a story out of Australia. Australian pastor, we must re-elect Scott Morrison or God will spread darkness. I don't know who Scott Morrison is. Uh, Leon Backstrom is a uh, longtime friend and listener of the show who happens to be from uh, Down Under. I wonder if she knows who Scott Morrison is. And I apologize if you didn't want me mentioning you by name on the air. I already have one friend mad at me. Don't need another one. Uh, okay. Christians threaten to walk out of school bans. Pre-game prayers over loudspeaker. Uh, let's see. Man who bought bank because God told him to is now $30 million in debt. God not a... You know, can create the universe, not so good with the finances, which is probably why he always needs more money. Send me money. I, I think that I, I actually just paraphrased a uh, George Carlin bit there. So giving credit where credit is due. Oh, this one's just kind of sad. Researchers, having God as an imaginary friend makes lonely people feel better. Well, if I keep losing friends, you know, I might have to eventually convert back. So at least I still have one. Ah, oh, don't feel sorry for yourself, buddy old pal. Now look, look at me talking to myself. I'm feeling fine. I guess for the fun of it, let's read this one about uh, the closeted gay dude with the poor grammar. Back in 2014 at the Church of God and Christ 107th Holy Convocation in Memphis, a young man announced to the entire congregation that he was free from homosexuality with the memorable words, I'm not gay no more. After Pastor Earl Carter asked the man, Andrew Caldwell, what brought him to church, Caldwell just let loose. Let's see, to get to lit, well, maybe, uh, let's just play the clip. Turn around and tell those people, I'm not gay no more. I am delivered. I don't like men no more. I said, I like women. Women, 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 women. I said, women. I'm not gay. I would not date a man. I would not tear a purse. I would not put on makeup. I will. I will love a woman. I'm not gay no more. I am delivered. I don't like men no more. And I might have to uh, double check the audio levels when I'm editing that because that absolutely blew my eardrums out. So I have bad news for this guy. You're, you're still gay. You're still gay. Um, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, and he said something about, I won't wear makeup no more or something like that. Um, I don't think being gay and wearing makeup necessarily go hand in hand. There may be some gay individuals who wear makeup. I don't think it's a uh, prerequisite. Um, let's see, there's another video with this guy. Yes, honey, I am back. 
might know me as I am delivered, but my name is Andrew, but delivered with the T. I'm back. Here in November of 2014, in the, um, in the St. Louis, it was our holy convocation that we have every year. I was new to the Church of God of Christ. I was new to church at the time. I've always been a church my whole life, but as grown, I was new to it. I only going to church just to shout and to see who I was going to sleep with, with pastor. But at that church. Can't do it. I can't subject myself to that. The, the whole clip's over four minutes long, but says in this clip he supposedly um see caldwell recently told bet's i went viral that he has a girlfriend like a real one and he only gets hard for her seriously he said that and once again you know, it's like i'm pretty sure he's still gay man and not every gay guy fits this kind of flamboyant stereotype but some do and he's one of the ones that do so dude not only are you gay, you're fabulously gay. So because it's, it's kind of absurd, so it's funny in one sense, but in another way, it's kind of sad and disturbing that this guy has to try to convince himself that he's someone who he isn't because of the guilt placed on him by religion, etc. cetera. Uh, when loving someone of the same sex shouldn't be something that you feel guilty about. So let's check out this Jim Baker story now. Oh my God. I'm just, usually ads are just you know, annoying, but I'm looking at this ad that happens to be in the corner. It's for some kind of clothing shop and they're showing a hoodie that says, sorry, I'm late. I didn't want to come. I don't, maybe it's the bitter mood I'm in right now, but for some reason that, that gave me kind of a dark chuckle. So let's see. Televangelist Jim Baker, I, I, I always want to say backer, it's B-A-double-K-E-R, but, but it's ba I, you know, I grew up hearing Baker, I'm pretty sure it's Baker. Televangelist Jim Baker said on his show yesterday that, quote-unquote, prophet friends are warning him that something bad is very imminent. Within weeks, they say, a crisis has gone ahead. It'll happen before Christmas. It'll be irreversible and, a shock, and, and shock the world. Isn't this pretty much their bread and butter? Hasn't this guy and his ilk basically been saying this crap since, you know, the, the 80s? Well, doomsday predictions go all the way back to the early church, if not earlier. They're probably as old as, as uh, religion itself, just about. But this guy obviously has an added incentive to be preaching doom and gloom. Up the end's coming. There's gonna be some tough times ahead. And, uh, well, the zombie hordes are parring at your door and, and, and the bombs are falling in the background, you're going to need some processed mac and cheese to chow down on. And, you know, you can, you can also use that uh, baker bucket as a, as a handy uh, makeshift stool as well. And it's kind of a morbid joke, but I know the drunken peasants used to cover these baker videos a lot. And they used to make the joke that if you look at the people... <laughs> In his audience, they look like they're pretty much on death's door already. Like, how much longer do these people actually have? Um, even for the sake of argument, there was an imminent apocalypse. There's a good chance that much of the audience will have uh, shuffled off their mortal coil by the time it gets here. On the other hand, what's, you know, like that last story, it's so absurd, it's comical, but there is a serious angle too. And if the bulk of his supporters or, you know, his audience 
are the elderly, this is basically another case of someone taking advantage of someone bilking the elderly. And I think that's been a staple of these televangelists for a very long time. I can remember growing up hearing stories about these guys, you know, getting uh, pensioners to send money they really can't afford to part with to, to these guys because God needs more money. And that's funny. There's actually a tweet here from Right Wing Watch, but I didn't see this story on Right Wing Watch when I was kind of scouring it for uh, worthwhile bits of media, etc. Because um, once again, we're on Patheos's Friendly Atheist uh, page or channel. But the uh, Right Wing Watch tweeted sarcastically, of course, the prophets say that a massive crisis will happen by Christmas, so you'd better stock up on Jim Baker's newest bucket of survival food. That sounds very, very manly, survival food. Um, let's see, uh, let's play this clip. thing that I'm trying to say, and I'm serious, I have prophet friends mm -hmm. that sincerely believe that within weeks a crisis is going to hit that is going to be irreversible and and shock the world. Others are telling me by Christmas they think something. I don't know. I do know perilous times are here and perilous times are coming more. I get so frustrated. Lori knows it. The news and what's happening. I mean, Trump's going to hell in a handbasket. You know, every day they got him going to jail. They got him going to impeach him. They're going to do this. You know, and I'm, I'm trying to see America stay alive. But if America turns us back... I Wait, wasn't Trump supposedly chosen by God? Why is he having uh, such a tough time? I thought he was supposedly the, the right-wing savior that was going to turn everything around. God, we are hopeless. That's right. I'm telling you, this is what I believe. Without God, there is no hope for America. That's Any right. nation that forget God will perish. And that's what's happening in America. And we're, I mean, the news we read today. Yeah. Wait, didn't Rome technically fall after it actually adopted Christianity? Rome fell in what, the late 5th century? Constantine had ended Christian persecution in the 4th century. And then, uh, as it's worded, I think some historians actually kind of push back against this a little. You know, they say Christianity became the official religion of the Roman Empire. I guess in a sense that's true. But yeah, uh, technically uh, Rome was pretty much Christian when it fell. <laughs> they may have been doing better when they were pagan. And it's debatable whether it's right to even say that the Roman Empire quote-unquote fell. So you can argue that it's just the seat of power shifted from west in Rome to the east in Constantinople. Yeah, and the Byzantine Empire, I think, lasted till the mid-15th century, I think. Uh, but that's enough of the history lesson. Uh, let's finish up this clip. Manda, we read it every day. Yeah. Horrible things they're doing against God. Yeah. It's so shocking that I can't even tolerate it. Yeah. And so I know something's coming. Yes. And that's why we yes. have decided to offer a new bucket of food. Mm -hmm. Isn't it glorious? Look at that big bucket of slop. You know what I'm going to say, though? As someone who has a design background, the graphic design, not too bad. <laughs> um, let's see. Then the uh, article ends by saying, 
Who knew the crisis was that Jim Baker's running out of money? There's no level of apocalyptic doom so large that a giant bucket of expensive food can't solve it. So let's do one more. Let's do that one about the Australian pastor. Australia's getting... I'm trying to read this and the page is still scrolling, trying to catch up. Australia's getting a taste of what politics in the U.S. looks like now that their Pentecostal leader has the backing of the most fundamentalist religious groups in the country. Prime Minister Scott Morrison has already been mocked for the discrepancies between his own actions and what Jesus would do. Now preachers are warning their congregations that quote-unquote darkness will come over the country if Morrison isn't re-elected. And I'm a huge Doors fan, so for some reason I keep thinking Jim Morrison. Uh, Pastor Adam F. Thompson, a voice of fire ministries, told the congregation at Hope City Church that they had two choices, prayer or persecution. And uh, goody for us, it looks like there's a, a clip here. I've got the two P words. It's either prayer or persecution. And if the prime minister right now doesn't get elected in this next election, there's, there, there's going to be darkness coming. And I'm not being negative. There's going to be, the laws are going to change where darkness is going to come and there will be persecution on the church. So it's either the two Ps. It's either you pray in because God is waiting for the sons, uh, uh, the sons to rise up. He's waiting for the sons to rise up. See, God is, he, he, he's wanting us to want it. Do you want a revival in this land? Enough of that garbage. And that clip, what the hell? That clip is twenty over 27 minutes long? I don't think so, man. Or maybe it was marked to cue right at that and just play that, uh, that particular moment where he talks about the imminent darkness. But as a whole, it's from a 27-minute long clip. And we're, I'm definitely not subjecting myself or you guys to that. I'm trying to think who that guy looks like. Maybe the uh, the short bald guy from the Human Centipede movies, <laughs> but I do kind of like that guy's accent though. It kind of makes his nonsense more tolerable for some reason, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, that doesn't sound like a hardcore Australian accent. I don't know what territory or region he's from with that. That almost reminds me more of like a certain English accent. Um, but that doesn't sound like a shrimp on the Barbie type of accent to me. <laughs> If the prime minister right now doesn't get elected in the next election, there's going to be darkness. And it's always the fear mongering. They're always trying to get you to fall in line with threats of some imminent darkness and doom. And like I said, people have been predicting the end of the world since the early church. And I'm sure there's, you can probably even find kind of doomsday predictions and even earlier faith traditions, maybe if you go back into Judaism or something like that. And we can get to a whole debate about what exactly do we mean by the end of the world. Because I think actually when you talk about Christian eschatology, kind of a fancy word for, you know, uh, the end times or whatever, uh, you know, the eschaton, eschatology. Um, and, and when early Christians were talking about the coming of the kingdom of God, they weren't necessarily talking about the end of the world. They were talking about an end of the current evil age and the beginning of this new kind of transformational period. 
Yeah, I'm just looking at Wikipedia. So it's saying the end times, also called end times, end of time, end of days, last days, final days, or eschaton, is a future time period described variously in the eschatologies of several world religions, both Abrahamic and non-Abrahamic, which believe that world events will reach a final climax. The Abrahamic faiths maintain a linear cosmology with end-time scenarios containing themes of transformation and redemption. In Judaism, the term end of days makes reference to the Messianic age and includes an ingathering of exiled Jewish diaspora, the coming of the Messiah, the resurrection of the righteous, and the world to come. Some sects of Christianity depict the end times as or end time, as a period of tribulation that precedes the second coming of Christ, who will face the Antichrist along with his power structure and usher in the kingdom of God. So often this period of tribulation is spoken of. And so, you know, the kingdom of God ain't gonna come easy. You know, there's gonna be violence. There's going to be some birth pangs going into the new world, which is, uh, you know, meant for the righteous. But I think that is true. You know, I think people commonly think of, you know, the end of the world, like we're all going to die and go to heaven or whatever. But I I think the thinking was that, like I said, there's going to be an end to the current evil age and then the kingdom of God will be ushered in on earth. And that might go on to last a certain uh, number of years. Yeah, that's why I thought I was going to say a thousand years, but I just wanted to check. 1,000-year millennium kingdom comes after the tribulation. But whether the end of the world or the end times mean, uh, you know, the the destruction of of life on earth, you know, um, or just the end of the current age, either way, people have been predicting this since the time of Christ. You know, once again, like I think I mentioned on the last episode how Jesus himself supposedly said, I say supposedly because... I don't want to digress once again, but was Jesus an actual historical figure? If he was, who was it technically who wrote the Gospels? And um, just because the Gospel writers put certain words in his mouth, did the historical Jesus actually say, you know, A or B or whatever? Yeah, we go to Matthew twenty four thirty four, and suddenly I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm holding a Bible study or something. And here's uh, the New International Version. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. See, Matthew 10, 23. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. Truly, I tell you, you will not reach all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. And then Matthew 16, 28. Truly, I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Matthew 23, uh, 36, truly I tell you all these things will come upon this generation. So literally people have been predicting the end times or the coming of the kingdom of God since, uh, you know, the time of Christ or the time of the gospel writers at least. Um, And this was supposed to transpire during the time of the current generation. And a whole lot of yammering on about fire and brimstone and people throwing doomsday predictions out there. Uh, in between then and now, and uh, still waiting, man, still waiting. And why not do one more? There's another video here. It says, uh, three days of prayer, repentance, and fasting. This is Warwick Marsh. We are so excited to report 
what we believe are two direct answers to our prayer and fasting, to the avalanche of evil that is upon us and the many challenges our nation faces at this time. Firstly, on the 15th of August, the Senate voted down the euthanasia in the territory's proposal. No one expected this. This was an absolute miracle. And as Jesus- This one's out of Australia too. And isn't it, is it nicer, for some reason as an American who's used to these, uh, these Bible belters with this certain kind of, you know, smarmy twang. It's kind of nice hearing an Australian accent deliver this bullshit. But he talks about uh, this avalanche of evil. They're always talking about how wicked the current age is. So what do you mean? Uh, people killing people, man's inhumanity, the man, natural disasters. That shit's been going on since uh, humanity. And actually, it, not, not man's inhumanity, the man, but just uh, violence, death, natural disasters. I'm sure this stuff far predates uh, man. Uh, millions and millions of creatures have uh, come and died, you know, um, during the long and arduous uh, evolutionary process. And he mentions euthanasia there. And, and uh, I'm not sure what the exact details are here. As someone, I guess, who would describe myself as having humanist values or, you know, a kind of strong moral compass that I personally think that euthanasia in certain cases, say a terminally ill person um, who knows they're not, they don't have much longer to be around anyway, and they're in extraordinary pain, ending the suffering of someone who has a terminal illness or a very, you know, very advanced age and they're in horrible health and they're just really suffering, you know, um, cases like that. It's still sad no matter what. But yeah, I can definitely see euthanasia as being justified in cases like that. There have been controversial cases where uh, where there's been young people who wanted the right to be euthanized because of, say, I think I covered a case like this on the show. I forget where in the world it was. I don't know if it was somewhere in Scandinavia. But there was a young woman who suffered from a really deep clinical depression. And supposedly, all other avenues seemed to have failed her. And I think she actually won the right to be euthanized. Um, and I was personally disturbed by that story. Because to me, there is something macabre or ghoulish about a young person being put to death. And as someone who wrestles or has wrestled with things like depression, I can sympathize and I know how bleak and dark life can seem when you're at that nadir. Um, maybe it's the optimist in me, but I'm like, no, man, no, there's got to be some way. There's got to be some way to help you. If we just keep on fighting, maybe if we find the right chemical cocktail, and maybe if we keep hammering away with the cognitive behavioral therapy, maybe if we look for some underlying or peripheral cause that's maybe worsening depress the depression, some kind of undiagnosed uh, ailment or syndrome or something, you know, who knows? I don't know, some kind of weird allergy or something uh, that's throwing, you know, something off in inside you. I, I don't know. Um, I'm just thinking out loud. But, you know, it's like I, I don't want to give up on people like that. And there does seem something ghoulish to me, the idea of 
putting a young person to death because they're depressed, no matter how horrible the depression is. And I know technically, if someone wants to kill themselves badly enough, they don't need the state's permission. You know, they can find a way. Um, maybe not if they're hospitalized, but um, eventually if they find themselves on the outside, if they, if they have their mindset on dying and they're serious, they can find a way. The question is, do we think that society and the legal system should be enabling them or be complicit in their suicide or whatever? Uh, I know it's a controversial issue because I, I, I won't name him, but I, there's a friend and listener of the show who I know has also wrestled with really bad depression. And I think he chimed in on that story and he was kind of sympathetic to what the girl was going through and her right to end her kind of, you know, uh, psycho-emotional anguish. Uh, But on that cherry note, I guess I'll call this show a wrap. Thanks for listening, guys. You know the drill. Please like the Facebook page. Been a while since I've seen any new likes there. Uh, You can follow the show on Twitter. I don't do a hell of a lot of Twittering, but I do tweet out uh, news stories that I find interesting. I uh, tweet out when I publish a new episode. Um, Once in a while, I'll have a back and forth on Twitter with uh, some of my online friends. So, you know, if you're into Twitter and uh, you're a fan of the show, you know, you can follow the show on Twitter. You can check out the YouTube channel. Maybe you're watching the YouTube version now. And if you want to help the show up monetarily, you can use the PayPal widget, the bottom of the Podbean page. There's all that alliteration. Or you can go to patreon.com and help, uh, patreon.com slash the week in doubt and help the show out for as little as 99 cents a month. All right. Uh, Till next time, brothers and sisters. Thanks again.